no, no pundit on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> The drama in the Premier League is heating up at the moment and it is hot inside our lounge room. We're recording back live from the couch. It's been a while since we've been on the couch. We've been in the studio past few weeks, but Lord knows it'd be a sauna in there today as the temperatures reach around. Feels like 30 degrees, would you say? Yeah, it feels like 30. Feels like 30. What do you think, Pepe? Pepe is absolutely conked out on the couch. (laughs) We have a hot cat. But yes, uh, a lot to get through. Uh, Some very big news coming out of the Premier League this week. We'll get to that in due course. But before that news broke, the the lead story we were going to go with and what we still will go with is Everton. Back to winning ways. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't think... um, I actually don't know the last time we won in the Premier League. At least a couple games before the World Cup. Yeah, it's Um, been a while. Yeah, so it's been a bit of a dry patch. And... Yeah, obviously to beat Arsenal this season has has proved quite difficult for people, <laughs> teams generally. Um, so yeah, it's good. Yeah, I, I think I think we generally predicted how the game would go, um, and you know I think it very easily could have you know been a one-all draw or you know Arsenal nabber, but yeah, it was just a good. It was good to see a more steadfast performance, um, and hopefully signs of things to come from Dyche. Yeah, I thought it was just a like I've got in my notes here, Dyche Masterclass. Yeah. And like not I think Dyche Masterclass when people when people say that, they get like an idea that you think that you mean um, you know, you know, backs against the wall, eight ten players inside the box, lump at four. That's not a Dyche Masterclass. Mm. Dyche Masterclass is very uh adept use of set set pieces. It's hundred and ten percent work rate all over the pitch, yeah. being extremely well organized. And hitting on the break quickly. And that's what you guys did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like Sean Dyche said in his post-match interview, the the relevancy and the importance of set pieces. And you guys were brilliant on those. More than once, more than once uh, caused us problems. Uh, and yeah, you guys, once you guys went ahead, impossible to break down. We really, we didn't really look like scoring once, once you guys went ahead. Yeah, and yeah, I, 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 we, we, we weren't at our best. I thought Erdogan was poor. Um, it, that game missed as much as I think Nketi is good. That game missed Gabby Jesus a bit, just in terms of what he can create um, outside of scoring goals. But hats off to Everton. Like that was a complete performance and a really good omen for a team that you know needs to stay up because they play like that for the rest of the season. They'll easily stay up in my mind. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think the the set the set piece one is is interesting because I mean, attacking set pieces for sure is is a big one. But I think in the Premier League generally and just football generally, like being able to defend set pieces is is huge, and it's something that Everton haven't been good at. I don't think since um, probably Moyes because I remember under um, what's his name Roberto Martinez. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, well, like it started then. That was a big thing. Yeah, yeah, it was a really big thing, and I don't think it's really ever gotten that good since then. So yeah, that's that's definitely a big one, and yeah, the other thing is, you like, Turf Moor was al- always a very hard place to go, um, and that's because of Sean Dyche's, I suppose, style of management and style of play. But yeah, I think if like we've spoken about with potentially giving Sean Dyche a bit more 
money, um, you know, if you've got that kind of stead- steadfast performance and a little bit of flair as well, then hopefully it can yeah, yeah. And start looking quite good as opposed to just like defensively solid. Yeah, and like they're seeing, I think obviously very early days, it's only one game, but my, like we've said this before a long time ago, back when uh, Daesh first got sacked by Burnley, and then also a couple of weeks ago when it was sounding like Everton were going to get Daesh, that he's another map manager, probably not quite to the same level as Eddie Howe, but of that similar ilk of manager who did a lot with very little to keep a club that didn't really deserve to hang around in the Premier League for as long as they did. Mm. Uh, Eddie Howe with Bournemouth, Sean Dyche with Burnley, but has a managerial style and a bit of, and something you know intangible about him that if you gave him a, a job with a bigger team, with a bigger budget, with a bigger fan base, you could you could definitely see things going a lot better for them. Yeah. And I think this is a great fit. This, like, the style of play that uh, Dice t- teams play will enamor them to, their, to the Everton faithful. Yeah. Like Goodison was rocking. And you talk about Turf Moor being a hard place. Goodison at times over the years has been a hard place to play. And under Dice, I reckon it can go right back to being a really hard, hard place to play. And Bramley Moor Dock, I think, will just be the same thing, but even more so with more fans making more noise because of you've, we've seen the stadium designs, how the, the fans are going to be the closest to the pitch out of any possible, I think out of almost anyone in the Premier League, they're the closest to the pitch. At Goodison. Yeah, and no, yeah. at, at Bramley Moore. At Bramley Moore. It's oh, like in the, it's in the, I watched like a video on like the design um, specs of it and like they're going to be like right up to the pitch. True. That's good because I feel like that is something with these bigger stadiums that often loses a bit of atmosphere yeah. when that happens. So you saw it with West cool. Ham, you saw it with Arsenal, like, yeah. yeah, it's big. Tottenham, yeah, no, Tottenham's gone quite well, actually. Yeah, no, yeah. That's, that's the thing, <laughs> Tottenham Tottenham fans are quite close to the stadium. Yeah, uh, to the ground, they, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, but the one thing I will say that I think Brownlee Mordock will be better is because Tottenham, while their fans are closer to the stadium, they, they, like, there are detractors in that stadium in the way that it's designed to be a, a two-sporting code stadium. Yeah. So it's not just 100% like um, devoted to the fans of a singular club, whereas Bramley Mordock will just be Everton Football Stadium, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's really good signs. Potent- like potentially, if things go well, for to set Everton up for quite a while. Yeah. I, I, know, I know we're saying a lot after just <laughs> in one game, but it, in my mind, like I see this as a, like a sign of really good things to come. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I think we, we we have probably touched this probably when Sean Dyche got sacked, but I think. To take Burnley from, you know, semi like irrelevance as as a football club. Oh, complete irrelevance. To, to, to make them, yeah, complete irrelevance. To make them a mainstay of the Premier League for as long as he did, that is a ridic- like a pretty ridiculous achievement. Yeah, with I think, but it's overlooked because it's Burnley and like he made their image, you know, a kind of struggling to avoid relegation thing. Whereas without him. They're irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, uh, and he also set them up to be successful once he left. Because yeah, see exactly. Them now with see, now they're not irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, he brought fans in the door. He made them a notable club in the sort of English football space. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, I just think that like uh, also with his time at Burnley, I think he really, I think the, the the record amount Burnley ever spent on him in in a transfer window was like twenty to twenty five million pounds. Mm. That's criminal. Yeah. Especially considering how much money he's been in the Premier League for the past 10 to 15 years. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, hats off to Sean Dyche. I hope this goes really well for them because Everton are a team 
that like needs to be in the Premier League. I saw a stat the other day that was um, uh, Premier League. So since the Premier League was invented in 1992, 93, yeah. uh, that it was the total point leaders uh, excluding the big six teams and Everton are first. Yeah. Yeah. So like they're, they're they're a team that quintess- is quintessentially part of the Premier League fabric. Yeah. Also, yeah, been part of top flight English football for the longest time yeah, out of any club ever. Yeah. 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 Uh, also, one thing I, w- I also want to say is um, Arsenal have now with this uh, result not won at Goodison Park since 2017. Really? Yeah. <laughs> four draw, four losses and a draw, I think, or th- three losses and two draws. True. Yeah, it's not great for us. We don't seem to know how to win there. I think this one's really, yeah, timing, but yeah, anyway, but yeah, but yeah, good signs for Everton. I do. I, I get, once again, just like I, let's just like when the United game happened. I don't think this is gonna knock us back too heavy. I think like, a tricky game against Brentford this week, but I, I, I think we'll be all right. Mm. Um, yeah, the next one is tricky. I think yeah. every game's tricky. Yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on. Bef- and like the la- last thing we'll mention before we get on to the big story of the week. Uh, Spurs defeat Manchester City again. Speaking of teams who can't, can't, don't seem to win uh, away at a particular rival's ground, uh, Man City now have lost their last five again at Spurs Stadium. Yeah, it's just a wild, wild stat. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, we, we spoke about last week how th- they have always struggled. Obviously, in the last fixture, they came back and just dominated the second half, but it wasn't happened this time. Um. Yeah, I. I mean, in in the past, it's been a story of Tottenham being one of the best sides, if not the best side in the Premier League, at hitting on the counter attack. Yeah. Um, and Man City being a side that dominates the ball. Um, but I don't think that was really the case this time. It was a. I mean, they didn't hit him on the break. It was a, it was a turnover for the goal. Yeah. High up. But Man City also have been susceptible to that this season. Just mm. like needlessly giving the ball away I think an interesting thing I saw Gary Neville saying um, uh, we all wondered we all wondered whether um, Erling Haaland um, would would adjust to the Premier League quickly and he's, he's certainly adjusted to the Premier League quickly but he said that Man City haven't adjusted to him no I agree and the one thing I was going to point out is that Erling Haaland uh, in away games against Spurs, Chelsea, United and Liverpool this season has scored zero goals. And I don't think that's a knock on him because obviously you've seen what he can do against everyone. I just It's a knock on how City and to a, to a point Pep set up in quote-unquote big games. Hmm. He seems to just get frazzled and overthink it and like, you know, hark back to playing no defensive midfielder in the Champions League final against Chelsea. Yeah. And just these various games like... It's it, like when you've got a player of that ability, it, it's like you know the old phrase, "kiss, keep it simple, stupid." Like, just, just, just feed hard on the ball, and he'll score you goals. But yeah. they seem to do everything but feed him the ball in these type of games. Yeah. What? Because there haven't been that many. There wasn't that many changes in the summer apart from bringing in Erling Haaland, right? It was Julian. Yeah, Julian Alvarez, and that was it. Yeah, they didn't lose anybody. No, they brought in Calvin Phillips as well. Um, they lost Ferran Torres. Tourists, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't. I, like, oh, and Gabriel Jesus and Zinchenko. Yeah. Well, Gabby. Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, a very different striker does different, like very different things. But I don't know. I I think Gary Neville's comment is a 
kind of long. What do you what do you call it? <laughs> it's it's it, it's a stretch. I reckon. Oh yeah. I reckon yeah. it's a stretch to say that man, Erling Haaland coming into the team has made has unsettled the rest of the team. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't think. I don't, I don't think. That's I really. think it's just the same issues that. So you think it's more Pep over? I don't know if it's games. Pep or if it's just City, but they just in big games they not all the time, but sometimes just seem to like not play how they should play. That's a very it's an oversimplification of it, but yeah, like it just it's just weird. Like you, you just like you know, City is so good at moving the ball around, getting teams out of position and then finding a killer pass, whether that be a cutback from the byline or a cross into the box or one of those De Bruyne crosses that like loops around to the back post. But then in these big games, they just don't seem to do a lot of it. Yeah. I think something to be said is that De Bruyne hasn't had his best season ever. He's had an on and off season. I yeah. feel like he was not great. Which to by st- his standards. Yeah, not great to start, then a really big, then a big purple patch for about a month and a month and a half. And then again, not great since the World Cup. Mm. And I think that, I think that would probably be the, the biggest contributing factor to the fact that they've been a bit more, a bit shaky this season. Yeah. And so, yeah. But I don't think it's Erling Haaland. Like, and also, I just think it's so funny how like, if this was any other player who was 21 years old in their first season in the Premier League, if they didn't score, if they hadn't scored any goals away to Spurs, Chelsea, United and Liverpool, but had scored 25 goals the rest of the time, no one would give a toss yeah. that they hadn't scored against against those four four teams in away games. But because it's Erling Haaland and like his meteoric rise has set the crazy expectations of him, that everyone's like, like Erling Haaland poking, poking holes in it. Yeah, Erling Haaland is not even at the best he's gonna best he can be at. He's gonna get even better than this. Yeah. So like, I if I'm a City fan, even if you if they don't win the league this year, like I'm not mad because you've got Erling Haaland, you've got one of the best managers, you've got an incredible team. Like it'll figure itself out. Yeah. Like it has to. And those and these big Premier League rivalries are, I reckon, like a different kettle of fish. You know, yeah. that you know does take time to adjust to, even if you can hit the ground running in the way that that he did. So yeah. As for Spurs, though, uh, Harry Kane breaks Jimmy Greaves' record. Yeah. Uh, very impressive. Um, I've seen all the talk about him potentially being open to signing a new contract, and if that was to happen, hats off to him. Like you know you want to be loyal and whatever and like one club player sure but that's a mistake in my book yeah like i I get wanting to stay loyal to your team and thinking you can win with them that's great but i just for me a player of his caliber needs to like wake up and smell the roses a bit and be like you cannot finish your career having not won any major tournament mm. or league even like a FA Cup or even something. an FA literally just one like you need to have some silverware and, you, and your only silverware like if the only silverware you have to show for your entire career is individual awards to me that's not a good career or no not a not a not a, not a good career but that's not a great career yeah yeah he's still he's still gonna have a good career yeah I actually saw I think I was watching an Instagram video yesterday about Jamie Redknapp talking about it and Apparently he had said to Jamie Redknapp, Harry Kane, that is that, um, yeah, he, he's open to staying at Spurs if he thinks they're on the right path. And I just think 
that can only sort of go on for so long. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's what he said for five, yeah. six years yeah. now. And like, what have they shown him to prove that? Like, they've just been like this since the Champions League. Mm. I think you know he's because he's come out saying he's open to signing a new contract. There's probably there's probably offers there. This is what Jamie Redknapp was saying. Um, and you know maybe it's just kind of a, a leveraging the sort of negotiation thing. But yeah, I'd I'd agree with you. I, I think he needs to go somewhere else, and I think. Um, he will probably end up going to United. I, I, I think that too, but I've also heard that apparently Spurs don't want to sell to a, a Premier League rival. Mm. But then again, if he wants to go, he wants to go. Yeah, but he's got, I think he's got 18 months left on his contract. Yeah. So, if he doesn't sign a contract extension, then, yeah. I mean, like, you know, it'll, it'll get to the point where there's, yeah, 12 months left on his contract and Spurs can either cash in or they can let him go. Yeah. In twelve months, it's I think it's either gonna be for nothing. You you get you cash in on him to go to United, or you bite the bullet and ship him off to like Real Madrid or Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, because like as good as you know, it's the thing is because like he's 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 about to turn thirty, Harry Kane, Lewandowski and Benzema are both thirty four, thirty five. It's like how much like you think those teams like getting Kane it's like yeah they're slightly younger but it's not that much younger it's only it's an extra four or five years maybe yeah I don't know it's tricky yeah but I would I, personally love to see him go to United yeah and yeah. I think you know there's I think in the past there's been less of that um like maybe pressure or um you know sort of I suppose the carrot like of of going to Manchester United because um because they haven't been doing that well. Like, you know, and like their chances of winning silverware wasn't that much higher than yeah. than Spurs. But now, like, it's changed within, like, you know, the last three months. And, yeah. you know, he could go there, get paid a stupid amount of money, I'm sure, and, and he would win, win a League Cup. Yeah, or he, yeah he, would, he would win some sort of silverware at United. That's... Because, that's, like, there's... Whether it's a league or a cup or anything, there's just a culture of winning at United. Even when they weren't doing so well, they won the Europa League, they won the League Cup, they won the FA Cup. Like, mm. now, yes, they haven't won a trophy since 2017, but and you know that you know if you know if Ten Hag doesn't work out for some reason in the end, you know that they're going to go back in for another top top manager. Yeah. Whereas for Spurs, you know, I reckon the prospects after. Conte, like who who knows what they are. I mean, like, yeah, like you, you saw they went they, like the managers. They like who'd they go to? Nuno Espirito Santo before Conte. Like, yeah, where was the vision there? Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, last thing I'll say is apparently Emerson Royale was looking like it was looking incredible. So that was uh, I'm interested to see if he can keep that up for more than one game against City. Um, but yeah, I <laughs> cool. You beat Man City. I. Again, Spurs are just one of those teams that like they can be they can show up and get a result like this one week, and mm. then the next week you can be like, "Well, shit." Yeah, that, but the, they've been good at times this season. Excuse me. Yeah, but also <laughs> just yeah. So I don't know. It remains to be seen how good they will be and can be. I th- if I'm just checking their fixture list for this weekend, oh, they've got yeah. They, we'll touch on it later, but they've got their Champions League first leg of round of sixteen next week against Milan we'll see how that goes and then over the weekend they have oh hold on um they have uh, whoops 
Leicester City. So that's a tricky game. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's a tricky game. We'll see, we'll see. But anyway, Manchester City's week went from bad to worse <laughs> when uh, a couple of days or a day after they lost against Spurs, they were hit with the massive news that they were charged with breaking the Premier League's fi- financial fair play rules around 100... Rules? Rules. Uh, around a hundred times over a nine-year period between two thousand and nine and two thousand and eighteen. Um, that's per Daniel Carve. That uh, over a hundred times bit. Uh, apparently, Carve said they didn't provide an accurate financial information. For example, one of their managers was apparently getting paid uh, a lot more than officially stated. Uh, they didn't officially. They didn't fully cooperate with the Premier League's investigation. Uh, they didn't. They were. Uh, we were in trouble with UEFA a couple of years ago. Yeah. And apparently this time, um, I'm not sure if you mentioned this or I heard this somewhere else, but the, there's no statute of limitations, this might have been you, um, on, in the Premier League. So in the, in the investigation won't get, turned over for the, won't get overturned for the same reason that it was overturned in UEFA, which was that whatever they, City had done was too long ago to, for them to be penalised for. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you got a list of of what punishments they could face or the particular rule breaks? Yeah, so... Not the rule breaks. So, yeah, this these are apparently the punishments that the independent commission can impose on a club. I'm not sure how it works because the, the independent commission is investigating it for the Premier League. Surely yeah. the Premier League decides the the punishment. But anyway, Maybe it's like a combined thing, yeah. Yeah. Maybe they can suggest it. Anyway... Suspend a club from playing Premier League matches. Points deductions. Recommend to the board that league matches be replayed. Recommend to the board that league that, that the league expels the respondent club. Compensation. Um, cancel or refuse registration to players. Um, order the club pay the costs or make such other order as it thinks fit, which is very general. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, obviously the big ones in there, are ex- well, the biggest one is expulsion from the Premier League. Yeah. Uh, then, it, then it would probably be, um, replaying of games maybe. And what was the second one you read? It was like, well, there's been lots of talk of previous titles, but the second one was points deduction. Points deduction. Yeah, That'd yeah. be huge. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I heard them, the reporters talking on Sky Sports about, you know, the fact that whether there'll be much appetite for going back and say awarding Manchester United the yeah. the league when Aguero scored that goal, like I don't think anyone's really that interested in that. I think people would be more interested in things going forward. Yeah, I think going back and trying to repair that type of thing by awarding Liverpool or United leagues just opens a whole can of worms, which which then you have to start talking about relegated teams and if they didn't lose games against Manchester City earlier that season would they have not got relegated yeah. and then it's like so because Q- did QPR get relegated that year I'm not sure yeah. but there's definitely been other times when you know teams have gone up or stayed gone gone stayed up or gone down by the sort of games against Manchester City yeah there's also um all the the league cups that City won it's just there's so many things you'd have to like yeah, I don't it's like think... Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's if like you go it... back and change this one little thing, you know, and then there's millions of like, well, not millions, but you know, it's over a nine-year period. So there's so much that you could change, and so many different scenarios coming out of that. That, yeah, a lot of clubs 
could feel hard done by quite rightly. Yeah, so but, I don't think they'll strip their titles, but I do think, like, if this, like, you've got, you've got to bear in mind, there's, like, the, a, a report came out today by the Times that said this case could take up to four years to finalise. Right, okay. So, and obviously, there's a very real chance that the same thing could happen that happened against like not for the same reasons but like they could go to that swiss um court and you know bit of dodginess and they get away with a million a couple of million pound fine and a slap on the wrist type of thing yeah well i'm sure they've got the best the best um lawyers on the job and yeah we'll we'll drag it out The, uh, the other thing that i heard is Points deductions, yeah, will obviously only count for the season in which the punishment is is handed down, and which which makes sense. But um, so that well, that could be in four years. Yeah, exactly. So they can still win the league this year. Yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. I think that's seems to me the most likely outcome. Yeah, is it? In the end, nothing happens. They pay, they pay some money. Yeah, a fine. Um, like I'm pretty sure, like they did with UEFA. Um, I think they paid some money out of that and they go on and are fine and win the league. <laughs> only thing I'd say, yeah, only thing I'd say that would be different, even if it doesn't happen this season, is the report that apparently all of the Premier League clubs want City kicked out if it's if they're guilty. Yeah. I, that, I'm not sure what the general consensus was in the UEFA trial a couple of years ago, but this is kind of like, it's very similar to the vibe that you got of all the teams being against the Super League. Yeah. It's kind of like a united front. If City are guilty on this, like they want City gone. Yeah. And I don't know, for some reason, like the Premier League were happy for City to have these rich owners come in and spend all this money and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But um, if for some reason now they're not happy with it, then like would they now be prepared to like go back on that and be like, okay. whatever you have done for the Premier League brand in the past no longer as relevant and we're happy kicking you out or do you think City is still too important to like the narrative of the Premier League to kick out yeah I I definitely think they are I don't think yeah it's a good financial move or business move for the Premier League to have them not playing in the Premier League Mm. I, I, I would usually think that but then recently I've thought there's been a lot of talk about how the Premier League's getting a bit boring because it's just City winning it four out of the last five times mm. if that thing's now removed does the Premier League still with plenty of really good teams become more competitive new winner a chance of a new winner every season you know mm. yeah I feel, I feel like there's probably there's there's moving parts as well because now city is like a a global brand yeah that like people tune into so that has an effect on how many people are going to be watching the premier league and then you know what you say <laughs> um might also have an effect on how many people watch the premier league which is like you know moving in a different directions both of those sort of like forces so it's it's very it's very hard to know but i i also i just think that they've got such a stature now that it would just be very it would be huge if they got expelled from the Premier League. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if they got a points deduction, it's still a very serious penalty. Yeah. Um, but this is kind of unprecedented, though. Like, a hundred rule breaks over a nine-year period is a lot more than they're accused of in the UEFA trial. Mm. Like, and also, the type of stuff that they're being accused of doing, like, 
inflate like inflating how much that their earnings were secretly paying people more than was what was on the books like that's like almost I don't, I'm not good with the law but I'd, I'd argue that's almost considered like fraud yeah it's fraud the, yeah I suppose people do go to jail for yeah, yeah. which is like criminal mm. not just you know breaking the rules of a sporting league yeah so yeah true I don't know the only thing I can confidently say is nothing will be resolved before the end of the season. Yeah. So, and nothing probably will be resolved this off season either. And I just, I just think at the moment, so much is unclear. Like, I don't, I don't really fully understand the, the charges, but you know, like at a high level, you know, they've inflated what they've earned and doing dodgy deals around, around yeah. the side. I'm try- I've got, I've got, I've got like a list of, uh, things like technical terms. Um, Oh, that like that was given on this post on Twitter when it says breaking Man City charged by Premier League with numerous breaches of financial rules following a four-year investigation. So this has been going on for four years anyway. It says in res- um in re- in respect of season uh, in, in respect of each of seasons 2009-10 to 2017-18 inclusive. The Premier League rules applicable in the those seasons that um required provisions uh. A member club to the uh, to a member club to the Premier League in the utmost good faith of accurate financial information that gives a true and fair view of the club's financial position, in particular with respect to its revenue brackets, including sponsorship revenue, uh, its related parties and operating costs, namely, and this is where it gets interesting. Uh, a for season 2009-10 Premier League rules B point one three C point seven one C and C.880, and then it can, and so that's like what five, and then it there's more B and C and E point somethings, yeah. And so then there's there's so that's five in that season in the 2010 11 one, there's one, two, three, five in that season, five in the next season. So there's a lot of rule breaks just there. For obviously, I don't have the rule book up in front of me, so I don't know what B and C and all that means, but like seemingly serious and then it goes and that's number one and then it goes number two in respect of a each seasons uh each of seasons 2009-10 to 2012-13 inclusive the premier league rules applicable in those seasons requiring a member club to include full details of manager uh remuneration in its so that's the how about how the manager got yeah because that was over four year period yeah yeah. that's how for those listening that's about how the manager there's a manager uh unnamed that potentially got paid more than they were saying he Mancini? Yeah, I feel like surely. Yeah. Um, uh, remuneration in its relevant contracts with its manager, namely one for seasons 2009-10 to 2011-12 inclusive, Premier League rules Q7 and Q8, and two seasons 2012-13 Premier League rules um, uh, P7 and P8, and B... Each uh, each of seasons 2010-11 to 2015 inclusive, the Premier League rules applicable in those seasons requiring a member club to include the full details of a player remuneration in its relevant contracts with its players, namely for seasons 2010-11 and 2011-12, 12, 12-13, 13-14, 15-16. So, potentially have paid, uh, have not reported how much they've paid players across four seasons, right? And managers, yeah across four seasons so that's really that's the, that's the worst of it i think like, yeah. like yes like it's probably bad that they haven't they've potentially inflated how much they've earned but they, i feel like i feel like there's ways around that yeah 
from what I've heard, I don't know or understand it or even begin to think I don't understand it, like the money side of that thing, but this seems pretty cut and dry. Like you've said you paid them something and you've paid them a lot more. Yeah. But yeah, I, I suppose the, in, inflating how much you're earning is equally as bad because that, that enables you to pay players more. True. And that is an un, you know, not an even standing for the rest of the competition. True. Um, so yeah. But I've, I've heard about like how City potentially get like companies that are considered sponsors that like the that like seem to not be very big or have like massive amounts of followings on Twitter or anything but then seem to generate new loads of wealth for the brand which is potentially where and through those companies is where the owners pump a lot of money uh, and that's okay. how they do it and get away with it right okay. so like I, I don't think it's it's still as bad like you said but, but I think it's easy it. to get a get away with it than potentially this is paying yeah but again like we've both said it's like it's only just come out and there's still a lot to break down we, I, I'm probably not going to bore myself by reading up on all these B13 C71 <laughs> rules but it's <laughs> it sounds pretty bad yeah well yeah I, yeah It'll it'll be interesting to watch, and you know, obviously, obviously unprecedented, and hopefully, the payment is severe enough to de- take a bit of, um, I suppose, heat out of the transfer market, which we've spoken about last episode. That is just yeah. getting a bit ridiculous. Yeah, and also, surely, in- and there's other, there's without a doubt, there's other clubs doing the exact well, like same Chelsea, thing. There's I'm- established processes for how to get around this stuff. Yeah, that Man City have been found out about, and I'm sure other clubs are doing it. Well, like we like we touched on last week, like surely Chelsea have to have to get found out at some point. There's no way what Chelsea have done in the past two windows is legal. Like mm-hmm. yeah. no way. Yeah. But yeah. Um, that about covers it, I reckon, for yeah. city stuff. I think we did a fair bit of reading there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, like unless news stuff comes to light, we probably won't touch on this again till the, till the end of the season because I don't think it's going to be reported on. It seems like one of those things that like it's huge news for a week when it comes out. But then, then the independent commission just have to do the yeah. the boring work. Mm. Uh, but yeah, we'll have our uh, finger on the pulse for any news that comes, and you'll hear our thoughts on it when it does come. But moving on, um, before we get on to predictions for matches coming up next week and this weekend, uh, there's been one other piece of decent news in the Premier League, which is uh, Leeds have sacked Jesse March. Uh, one of the the first Yankee Danky Doodle to not quite work at Leeds out of the four. Yeah, and it's interesting because we were just speaking about last week how they actually they're not looking too bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think after we were talking about that, we did look at their position on the table and think, oh, that's actually a bit... And then they lost the Nottingham Forest. Yeah, being on a knife edge than than we potentially thought. But yeah, I I also think that... I was reading something about Leeds fans potentially not being happy with the timing of it because they've just... They played United this morning, actually did all right, but then they play United again in the Premier League next. So back-to-back games against United. Um, But then again, maybe the thinking is... Let's get the the manager bounce and potentially get a. Yeah, I see that vision, but also like you've just signed Weston McKenney, who's clearly a Jesse March signing, another American, mm. and apparently McKenney and Tyler Adams. Like I only watched the the extended hearts of the game this morning, but apparently McKenney and Adams Adams played brilliantly as a double pivot together for Leeds. Like surely you got to if you're going to sign a player like McKenney, which is a big signing for Leeds, you got to give the manager a bit of time to work with him. Surely. 
Yeah. I don't know. It, 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 like, the timing seems a little rough for me. But Yeah. But I think they, they always do, though, don't they? As yeah. well. I feel like... Yeah, but, like, like the day out, like, three days after the champions... Like, the transfer, uh, window. Uh, transfer window closes. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and I'd just sort of come to not mind him, you know? Yeah. But, uh... Adios, amigo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd... So I think long, you, I sucker. Think, I think you mentioned it offline, but I do think that Leeds have a high probability of going down. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Whereas before, I didn't necessarily think. Yeah, that. which is weird because I think on paper they've got a decent squad, especially mm. with this new Yonto. Is that how you say it? The GM. Oh yeah, he's good. He's like I've watched no, him. Not Yonto. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched him play enough times now to form an opinion that he's good. Yeah. See, it gives me it gives me Matoma vibes. Mm. Um, and it will just, you know, yeah, that Weston McKenney and uh, Tyler Adams, they were people working. And another big thing is R- Rodrigo playing a little bit better again. If he can play better again, then that changes everything. Yeah. Because at the start of the season, he... And if Patrick Bamford can stay fit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know, yeah. Tough, but hopefully... Like, Leeds seem to be quite a well-run club at the top level, like owner and um, DOF, director of football. So you'd back them to make the right type of decision. Yeah, and I think that's potentially why the timing of the managerial... Um, you know, if you've got a good director of football and good management above the manager, yeah, the the timing of getting rid of him just after you've signed a new player shouldn't matter as much because yeah, you've got true. an overall transfer strategy. Um, whether that's actually the case, I'm not, I don't know. But um, yeah. Anyone we, we can... Like, they seem to be... Leeds seem to kind of sign managers a little bit out of left field. But if we had to hazard a guess at someone... I think Bielsa's been uh, <laughs> ruled out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, is Roberto Martinez under contract with anyone right now? I don't think so. He left He left Belgium. Yeah, they got a new coach now, Belgium. Mm. That could be a good signing. No, I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't know who though I don't really know I can't really think of who else is available right now because who else mm. was in the running for it was Bielsa um, for Everton I suppose Espirito Santo is out there somewhere yeah that's a step backwards in my opinion he really fell off at Spurs mm. and then yeah I don't know I don't know just like hearing stuff about like you hear about like the Frank re- Lampard yeah I mean Steven Gerrard Stevie dude that would be interesting actually Mm, yeah, I don't know. Some I don't really see it, but it would be either of those would be interesting. I don't, I personally don't see it though. Yeah, quite an international team lead. It's it's. I I reckon I don't see it more because they've just been sacked like yeah. this season. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't think that's a great strategy. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I can. I feel like they'll go for like some very tactically astute semi-proven manager because Frank Lampard and Steven Gerrard seem to be good man managers and like you know men of the people yeah but tactically astute not a tag I'd really give to either of them Mm. yet at least yeah so yeah Hmm. interesting you know who I think who would be good for the job but I don't think he's going to leave anytime soon Ange Postacoglu True, that would be good. And yeah, it'd be great to see like an Australian manager. Yeah, I think he's ready to make the step to the Premier League. He's won the league with Celtic. He's probably going to be in Celtic for at least this season. 
But I think he's very close. He's on the cusp of going to the Premier League. Because mm. he's one of those tactically astute, proven over a number of years managers. Who's mm. like played his trade for a long, long time. Yeah. yeah. And with the quality and the variety of players that Leeds have, I think Postacoglu would be able to mould that in a good in a good way. Yeah, no, I rate it. I mean, I'd love to see it. Yeah. And I think if, it, if a club like Leeds comes knocking, like I don't think anyone's really yeah. anyone managing in the Scottish Premier League is really going to say no yeah watch this space <laughs> if it happens you, you heard, heard it here first alright do you want to touch finish on Merseyside Derby or do that now and finish on Champions League let's do Merseyside Derby first okay well Merseyside Derby is uh, this Monday night English time Tuesday morning Australia time uh, and at the start of the season you perhaps wouldn't have considered it to be that close, maybe, uh, actually considering as this game's at Anfield, I'm pretty sure. But come what may, Liverpool are in a shambles at the moment and Everton stocks are skyrocketing right now. Um, <laughs> I don't know about skyrocketing. I think even... I'm just, I'm just dramatising the situation. <laughs> even two weeks ago, oh, before we played Arsenal, I think, you know, Liverpool, even with their struggles, would been, like, clearly tipped to win. Um um, yeah, but yeah, no. I think now um, it's a, a much closer game than a lot of people will think. And um, <laughs> so I heard something in the door. Anyway, um, uh, but yeah, I think Ben came in and out. Yeah, yeah I figured. But I, thought he was, <laughs> I thought he was like quietly walking behind me. Um, I think this is going to be a very close game. Is the gist of what I was trying to say there. Uh, I think I don't really know where Liverpool are going to find their spark and Everton and the last thing you want to come up against when you're a team struggling like Liverpool is a team that's hard to break down yeah. and that's a Sean Dyche team and a rival yeah because if they lose to like it doesn't happen very often losing to Everton at Anfield yeah. and that is a real kick in the guts yeah when's the last time Everton won at Anfield well it, it's actually not that rec- not that long ago Richarlison I think we won 2-0 when Carlo was manager oh true Richarlison scored and I think Rodriguez Hammers uh, scored as well um, but before that it hadn't happened for a really really long time yeah. and you know we like Forget Anfield. We haven't won in the Merseyside derby for like, uh, like, you know, many times in recent yeah. history. So, yeah, I think it it'll be a big dampener if if they do lose. Obviously, on top of what they're already going yeah. through. Um, yeah. And right now, on paper, on Which paper, pressure, on think. paper, Liverpool's midfield is better. But on form, Everton's midfield is 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 better than Liverpool's right now. Yeah, I confidently say that. A rejuvenated. Ducure. Yeah, and Onana was incredible against Arsenal. Idrissa Gay, great off the bench. Mm. Uh, yeah, like that. If that if that if that's a midfield battle that that goes head to head for Bino, Thiago, those two, Everton. I see Everton winning that just on pure effort. Mm. Uh, and then yeah, Everton's back four against Liverpool's front three will be will be an interesting test. Um, Lots of different things to contend with um, for the Everton defenders, but they're well organised under Dyche. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, Liverpool's defence without Van Dijk, shaky. Yeah. On, and I think... On the counter. Something you mentioned before, I think set plays is a big one. I think we're, like, looking at the two teams, stronger on set plays. Yeah. and, set, and Especially again, if you swing it back to the um, Trent's back post. Yeah. <laughs> and again, with no Van Dijk, yeah. there's, it's a lot... 
Joe yeah. Gomez shaking. The one who good in there is Matip and probably Fabinho as well. But Canate, yeah. if he plays, but I'm pretty sure he might be injured. Yeah, so. he didn't play against Wolves. So I don't know if he's injured, but yeah. So that prediction. being said, prediction. Uh, you want me to go first, or you go first? You go first. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm going to, just like the game earlier this season at, at Goodison Park, which was a crazy nil-all draw, I reckon this is going to be another draw, but there's going to be goals this time. 1-1. One, 1-1? One. One, one. Yeah. I'm going to back us to win 2-1. Nice, nice. Yeah. Okay, and finally, uh, the Champions League returns. Um, this, well, we, we may be recording a podcast next Wednesday or Thursday, but uh, there's two games next Wednesday or maybe one's on Wednesday one's on th- no, the next Wednesday oh, there's, and there's games on Thursday so let's quickly go through them uh, PSG versus Bayern in Paris uh, I PSG lost their cup game the other yesterday and have looked a little shaky post World Cup but I kind of feel like they've been like kind of low-key saving themselves for the Champions League that being said Bayern are very good but I see PSG winning this 2-1 2-1 yeah I reckon <sighs> I'll go with the same thing. <laughs> sure. Uh, Milan, Milan versus Tottenham. Uh, I reckon Tottenham are going to lose. Yeah, I reckon Tottenham will lose that. I'll, yeah. It's a group stage game. Actually... No, it's a, it's a round of 16. Oh, it's a round of 16. First leg. Okay. Actually, I'm going to pick a draw. Pick a draw? I'm, I'm a draw. going Milan to win 2-1. I'm going to go 1-0. Uh, Borussia Dortmund versus Chelsea. Dortmund to win. Dortmund to win. Yeah, especially at home. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go... Th- 2-1 one. 2-1 two, one. No, 1-0 1-0 Yeah, I was going to say 1-0 nah, okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll, stick, I'll, stick, I'll stick with 2-1 I'll stick with 2-1 uh, Club Bruges versus Benfica Club Bruges were incredible in, in the group stage uh, and Benfica just lost Enzo Fernandez so I'm going to go Bruges to win 2-1 No, yeah, 2-1 I'm going to pick Benfica to win Oh, really? 1-0 mm. Right Interesting. Uh, and is there any Europa League? Just quickly before we finish. Oh, sh- shit. Friday morning. Barcelona, Man United. <laughs> we may be recording a podcast before then, but before then, but if we haven't... Let's, let's, have, let's, let's predict this game. Yeah, just this one game. Um, I think at, in Barcelona, I think it's going to be a draw. I think if it was at Old Trafford, I'd slightly pip United. But in Barcelona, I think it's going to be a two-all draw. I reckon United are going to beat them. Mm, They're also heavy favourites. Look, it's $4.30 to $1.75. Yeah, the Barcelona are favourites. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that anyway. shows you that I'm not a betting man. But, <laughs> yeah. I, but yeah, I, I just think Barcelona, you know, they're, they're up there with La Liga, but... Um, you just like United. <laughs> I just, I just think United are firing at the moment, and Barcelona they're on, they're on the road to recovery, but they, they haven't sort of hit their stride as much as United. Marcus Rashford hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go for a two all draw. He can't be stopped. Um, score. Um, one nil United. Okay, cool. No Marcus Rashford. Again, hat-trick. we we may we we may be recording next week before this even goes out, uh, before that game is even played. But just in case it isn't. You heard it here first. Uh, that'll do for us. Uh, on it's getting even in the lounge room now. It's getting quite hot. Mm. Uh, we'll see you uh, all next week. Uh, again, if you've liked us, listening to us, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, follow us on Spotify. Um, five star rating, all that good stuff. 
40 yardswitch.pod on Instagram. Look out for our stories when we post episodes. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>